When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gil, what time is it? Himalaya time. Himalaya time. You know, when you want to listen to the No Chill podcast early, you get it on Himalaya. All you got to do, download the app for exclusive first access. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you find every single podcast you love. You can also find future favorites there. But really, you want them to come. No chill. Mm-hmm, right, of right, course. Right, right. Just mine. If you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters like us. Some love with the Himalaya tip jar. It's free. It's the easiest to use, and they're adding cool new features every day. Go to the App Store, download Himalaya, and you should subscribe to the No Chill Podcast if you're not there already. Everyone's already there, so just download Himalaya, please. And we're dropping every week. <laughs> every week. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we catch up with Sharif O'Neal. Last time we saw him, he was about to kick off his freshman year at UCLA. After a dominant high school career, a heart condition, and an intense surgery put basketball on hold. Reef catches us up on the surgery, the recovery, and how he's been spending the time in between. The good news, he's about to get back to basketball. He tells us how he's using the downtime to look at the game differently and enjoy college. He also shares how his dad has guided him through this chapter and what kind of advice not only Shaq has given his son, but what other greats of the game have offered Reef. It's a very special episode of the No Chill Podcast. Remember, you can get every episode first on the Himalaya app. Of course, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, along with all things No Chill on the No Chill channel on YouTube. Gil, we got Reef here. Yeah. What's up? What's up? Welcome, <laughs> welcome. How you doing? How are you feeling? So the, we, uh, what people know about you, you have a season off, you have a health condition to deal with yeah um i had surgery december 13th of, uh, it was for my heart and i feel good now i feel great i start playing again in 17 days oh shit yeah. yo I'm not, that's yeah. nerve-wracking <laughs> boy that's nerve-wracking counting right down yeah so are you gonna are you so you're just gonna miss this whole season red shirt right yeah i'm gonna miss this whole season i i um depending on how the rest of our season goes if we uh, get that far, I, I just wouldn't want to waste this yeah. eligibility for this year, so I'm going to just use it for uh, next year. Okay, okay. So, I mean, you know, when you do something you love for so long and, you know, it's, it's like all you know and it's just taken away, like yeah. what's been your your mindset this whole time? Um, when it first got taken away, I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't really know what I was good at. Just because basketball has always been there, so mm-hmm. when it's gone, I didn't I didn't know what to do. Uh, kind of just isolated myself for a long time. It was only with my family. And then after my surgery, when I wasn't in pain, I just kind of would turn to music. I, I never really made music, but I just like hearing mm-hmm. music. And I just kind of try to put my focus on music and look deeper into it and I started making beats okay. recently. I was in the studio with uh, Southside. He's in 808 Mafia. I just yeah. went to, to see how he works. And, and the next day, I bought a beat machine. 
So this music has been what I've been doing, but I'm not going to release any of my music. It's not, <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> uh, it's not that good now, but, you know, I mean, eventually. You know, but that's a, that's a good thing. Um, I remember for the first time, Jason Richardson, you know, we came in a draft together, mm-hmm. right? So I know everything about him. Yeah. We get back together in Orlando, and he's on a plane, and he's sitting there like DJing, like yeah. mixing. And I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I'm making my DJ playlist for the summer. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I'm a DJ. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, you're a DJ? He was like, yeah, I'm a DJ in the summer, and you know, I, I make my mixes during the season. And it was just so like, like wonderful to see him tap into something different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like right now seeing you tap into music, you know, that that's gonna help you during downtime. Yeah. Keeps you out of trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you sitting there, you you know, you have a second focus. And yeah, like the thing, there was, there's always like parties in college and all that. I wouldn't really go. So like, I feel like music helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And my dad has always kept me and my family around music. You know, he DJs right now. He has a couple Funhouse. albums. Yeah, he raps. He's throwing <laughs> music festivals. So he taught, he taught us how to DJ when we were like, when I was like 13. So I did that for a little bit. And now I just turned to making beats because I, I feel like mu- he said music helped him a lot playing basketball. You know how. Everyone in the music wants to play basketball, mm-hmm. and everyone who plays basketball no, wants to make music. Yeah. So, like, I feel like basketball and music have a really strong connection. So, so uh, be- before before your injury, were you th- were you going to be one and done? Um, I was. I, that's that's what I was trying. I, that's what I was trying to do. You know, I was. I had a, a lot of people telling me that I wasn't going to be as good as my dad. I got that my whole life. So. I always just kept that in the back of my head. I know my dad didn't even go one and done. Uh, he he did a couple years, but I was trying so hard to prove everybody wrong. I was I feel like I could have I could have done it. And to know that for my injury, like I was playing at mm-hmm. about seventy percent the whole time when I thought I was at my full potential, and after the surgery, it's going to add like an extra one or two gear to my gameplay. Now I just want to see how it's going to translate to the floor next year once I'm I'm back. But I was planning to go one and done. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was. I, but if I if I wasn't as good as I thought I could be at the end of the college year, I would have stayed. No, no problem. But I wasn't like forcing myself to go. But, one you know, the, you know, I, I I hate when you know like people compare you know the kids to their fathers. Yeah. That is like. That's the worst thing to do because as a kid, you know, you're looking up to your father mm. and now, you know, people are putting the pressure on. Now you're competing, yeah. but it's like, well, your dad was a five man. You're more of a, you can be a four, three, especially in today's game, a three, four, five. So you guys are different type of players. Yeah. So why are you even comparing me to this? Dude? Yeah, That's the I, ultimate. Yeah. You always, yeah, so why you are you comparing me to your father? Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you want to, but it's like, yo, he's a five, a strictly mm-hmm. five man. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, why are you comparing me to a five? I'm a three, four, five. I could do it all. Like, you know, we're, we're different. How would you describe this game? <clears throat> three, four, five. Who I mean, you? he's more like, you know, he can, more like Greek the Freak style, Kevin Durant. You can be any one of those two players, and that's the way the game is going. Where you have, you know, six, ten, six, eleven guys bringing the ball up, doing initiating the offense. You know, it it was in our in our era, but we didn't really pay attention to it. Like Chris Webber was the best passer, mm-hmm. you know, on on that um, Sacramento team. Cherkulu comes in at six ten, damn near point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Boris Diaw, when he got drafted, he got drafted as a point guard. 
You know, so when he went to Phoenix, you know, you got this, they put him at power forward. Now he's damn near Steve Nash at the power forward position. He be, that, that was, you know, evolution just changing. Now you just have, you know, everyone doing everything now. Yeah, I like to say positionless basketball, but I think re- I saw you play the first time as a junior at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't really know I was going to go see. And the first thing that came to mind was Rudy Gay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. length and yeah. now you have the genetics, right? But it's totally different body type that you yeah. have. But like, that's a great guy to kind of emulate because he's so versatile. You know, it's, it's one thing to be athletic, but to have skill. You know? Yeah. Um, so at this point, I guess people, first of all, your condition, what is, what exactly is it? And what exactly does that mean? Um, it's a, it's a long name. I try to forget <laughs> it all the time, but I think it's like something wrong with, uh, uh, my right coronary. And the, the problem was it was being like pinched, like a, a nerve was being pinched. So it was blocking off the blood flow from one side of my heart. And I want to say the paper said about almost half of my blood flow was being blocked from my heart. So any, like, uh, if I was exerting too much energy at any time, I could have, I could have, uh, just fallen out on the court. And luckily, uh, it didn't happen. You know, I I had heart problems when I was about five years old and I got uh, a little surgery, but it wasn't that major. And they said everything would be fine. And then when I got to UCLA, my uh, medical trainer saw that on my medical records, and then he kind of forced me to wear a heart monitor. And I was telling him, I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, nothing's wrong. And then I wore the heart monitor after he told me to wear it, and they found that. So it was pinching a nerve, and half of my blood flow was being blocked to my heart, and I didn't even notice. Oh, man, you got to think that, <laughs> that that medical staff. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's impressive because, I mean, if you was in the NBA, they would have just, eh. Like, it, well, like you just said, it, you feel good, but there's things that can go wrong with your body that you feel fine, but there's just some yeah. abnormality that medically I, I has guess, to be I guess when something is so normal, you don't really think about it, mm-hmm. you know, affecting you. It's just, it's just, you know, normal. Like I'm, you know, Eton, you know, Eton Thomas, you know, had, you know, heart condition. You know, he's, you know, six, seven years into the NBA before yeah. he found out. You know, same thing with um, Katino Mobley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Green too. Yeah. Jeff Green too? Yeah, I mean, so it's... You know, it's Mobley. I think actually that kind of shortened his career. It shortened his career. Yeah, it was later in his career when that. It was one of those things is you don't supposed to play as hard because if you do, this will happen. You know, it's how do you tell a guy who's been playing hard his whole career that now it's in danger? You know, it's one of those things where he's still playing. So it's you know he's like I play basketball. I by now I know what I can do and what I can't. And once you get your body right, once that's addressed, the surgery was pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it was. It was about two hours. Um, being in the hospital after was probably the worst part. You know, I, was, I think I was in there for about, I was supposed to be in there for 10 days, but right after my surgery, I got up, was walking. Um, I, was, I wasn't doing everything on my own, but I, was, I looked pretty well. <clears throat> um, and they got me out of there about three days after that, and they said, that I was the first person that ever got surgery over there just to get up and start walking. And walking felt different. I feel like I feel like I reset my whole life and I didn't know I didn't remember anything. I had family in there and I was looking at them like I've never seen them before. Just I don't know what I was on, but I felt <laughs> good I felt crazy. Yeah. How's how's just the college life at UCLA? It's it's fun. Uh the thing I like about UCLA is how how hard on I mean, how hard uh, they are on us about our schoolwork. 
Mm-hmm. You know, my, my dad has always been hard on me about school. I never really liked school at first, but I feel like basketball sometimes cannot always work out for everyone, so you need to have, like, a separate plan. So I feel like school is a real fun place to be. The party scene, everybody. Everybody shows the basketball team a lot of love, mm-hmm. you know. It's just like in the movies or how everyone thinks it is. Like, everyone respects the basketball team. They all treat us with love and respect, and it's fun. You just go around school, everyone's giving you high fives. <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody. You know what's so funny? I like, I look at, um, like, outside, you know, outside media when they, you know, when they say college players, you know, need to be paid. And I always take the stance against it. Like, if you understand how much love and how much advantage we have over regular students, like, yeah, the the college is making millions off of us, but trust us, we're not suffering here. You know, we're not going to suffer. It's a good experience. And I said this, I said, listen, at the end of the day, you got to remember, we are rock stars at this school. And you're talking about UCLA. That means some of those kids are going to be doctors, some are going to be lawyers, this and this and this. And they idolized me growing up. Yeah. They idolized me while I was in school. So when five, ten years come from now and I need a lawyer, I guarantee you the first one is going to be from UCLA who went to school with me. Yeah. The first job opportunity is going to be from someone who went to school with that I never knew, but they just sat there and came to every game. And I said, that's the, that's the advantage. That's the payout that when I'm done playing and I need to look for something else, I don't have a degree. And this guy was like, come on over here, GA. What's up, man? I had a class with you back in here. Here, I'm going to start you off at 300000 You're like, wait, what? <laughs> you okay. Him from, do you remember him from that class? No, you probably don't remember <laughs> from that class. But the fact that, you know, that's the advantage you have. And I was just wondering because, you know, you hear stories, you know, how popping mm-hmm. UCLA is, mm-hmm. even though it's a educated school and they're like nah they party there and I'm like for real yeah like during the, during the day everybody's working everybody's focused but like during the nights everyone everyone is out just Westwood is a, a really like fun mm-hmm. area to be in you have movie theaters food parties mm-hmm. all that so just me and my teammates we, oh, we just all roll around together do whatever just we always yeah it's fun. different most college campuses like it's a it's a whole well it's a campus right yeah. so it's a, UCLA is this, in the middle like of a little it. village. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little village, yeah. Yeah, so you have the downtown area, but what people don't know is like you go to UCLA for the first time, there's all these streets and neighborhoods. Yeah. And like, yeah. Damn near anything goes on those streets. <laughs> How about um, the football players compared to the basketball players? That's, I think, the basketball players are so much more recognizable on campus. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, the football, like the thing with all the athletes, we have this uh, we have this building we go in. It's where all of us like do our tutoring and do our work. So we see all the athletes. Uh, that's the only time I ever really see the football players. Mm-hmm. I feel like I see them work a lot. Like our field, you can see their field from the parking lot that I park in. I see them in there every every morning. Rain, doesn't matter what the weather condition <laughs> yeah. is. So I, I like how the football team works over there. And they all, we all uh, show respect to one another, the football team, the basketball team. Like we we, we might not be best friends, but like when we see each other, it's, it's, um, it's all love. But I don't really see them around. I see them at some parties. Like usually, when they when they won some games, they would they would throw a couple parties, and then I don't really see it. But other than that, they come to some of our games. I see them mm-hmm. there, but we would we would go to their games. They would come to ours. So it's just it's respect. Everybody respects everybody. What's so funny is me and my me, me and my roommate Jason Gardner. So it was two football players. Um, was it Bob Bobby Bobby Wade? It was Bobby Wade and Andre Thurman, right? Mm-hmm. 
and they were the two freshmen coming in, receivers. We used we just used to have this this inner battle. Yeah. Like we used to we were like it was just we think we're faster than you guys. Like, so we'll go in the parking lot and have a tag team race <laughs> to see who's <laughs> some frat boy stuff. Though. Just to see who's fast, who's the fastest out of out of the, the two freshmen. Is it football players or basketball? We were just stupid. We just used to yeah. they want to buy a radio, we want to buy a bigger radio. Just and it was just we just had this inner battle. It was the funniest thing ever. Who was faster? We were. Basketball players yeah. were. I was. Yeah. Usually that's not the case. I was just I was just faster than all of them, but you know it's yeah. Football players, some freak athletes. Yeah, yeah. Also, there, there were two because you know there were two receivers, so they, they mm-hmm. you know they were they were they were fast kids. My experience too. Those football parties are another level. I never you know so funny when it came to college. You know I did the opposite. I didn't I didn't go to class. Mm-hmm. You know I just spent every single moment inside the gym. You know it was one of those things where you know. Um, you know, you have the player coaches, you have the the walk-ons. Yeah. And, you know, the walk-ons is like, I consider them the best. They're like the best teammates because, you know, they're so excited. You know, they're players, but they're more fans sometimes. And they're just so excited to be on a team. So they're they're willing to do anything. Like, so, you know. Mine used to rebound for me, extra shots. Like when we're like when we had to do like five mile runs, he's making sure that I'm not coming in nothing but first. So he's pushing me, talking shit. Like he's last, but he's talking shit. (laughs) You know, it's like and it was one of those things where you know you got the walk on just pushing everybody, and it was just amazing. That's the thing about basketball, though. Is like everyone on a basketball team is sort of similar. They're all you know hoopers and kind of similar backgrounds but football is just so many different guys right like the quarterback is way different from the lineman mm-hmm. the linebacker is totally unique compared to the you know it seems like it seems like the like teams that. are so it's the, the teams are so large that you don't really get to know everyone yeah mm-hmm. i asked my cousin he plays football in northern arizona and I, he he filmed a snapchat one day and i saw all these kids and i just asked him I was like do you know everybody on your team he's like there's people on my team like, i don't even know their names mm-hmm. i don't know where they're from I like he said he recently saw someone that he's never even seen the whole year. So I don't know. Football wow. teams, I feel like you can't really get that bond that you can with a basketball team. And plus you have your helmets on all day, mm-hmm. so you don't know who's who and all that. Yeah, there's like clicks on a football team. I yeah. played football in high school and it was just like the linemen hang out with linemen. Oh, oh so, okay. They so, eat so. three times what we all eat. So they in the cafeteria together, whatever. Um, you know, the quarterback's always a cool guy and that's who everyone wants to be friends with, but yeah, basketball is a tighter group. Yeah. You know, there's it's more it's it's unified. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess for where you're at now, it's it's a great situation for college too. Yeah, yeah. You got 17 days, 17 days before you can get back on the court. Like, what what's what's your plans? Like, um, <clears throat> this summer, uh, my dad always told me like one one year of my life I'm gonna have to sacrifice a lot, so I'm feel like this is. This is the year because I didn't know this was going to happen. So this summer, I, I don't really plan on having fun outside of basketball. It, it's been a long time since I played, and I've been itching to play for a long time. I know he's going to want to do vacations, but he says, like, on vacation, we're going to have to work too. And I know um, I'm trying to get in the gym with a lot of a lot of people. You, you of course. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, I'm trying to get in the gym with him. I'm going to be working with my dad. I worked with Tracy McGrady before, but I'm, I'm trying to get back with him, Kobe, mm-hmm. LeBron, whoever, whoever is willing to get a workout in. I'm just going to try to do the best I can this summer to get back to where I was before, or even better. 
You know what it is, you know, like, you know, all the names you said, you know, the thing you you should take from all of us is it's more, it's mindsets. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we can't, we can't teach you how to view the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't, you know, we can, we can give you every move in the world, but how you apply it is how you apply it. So, you know, when you're when you're training with these guys this summer, just focus on the intensity of how everyone does it. You know, yeah. and then, you know, you know, um like Kobe's gonna his intensity level would probably be higher than Tracy McGrady's was. Uh versus Cal Kuzma, who's who's a young player who's still looking for guidance. So, yeah. you know, all you do is just take take from each of us and then, you know, apply that to your work ethic. Like and when you talk about sacrificing that's what it is. That's that. That's all. The greats. They just sacrifice more than the rest. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know when you talk about somebody like James Harden, you know compared to Patrick Beverly type, mm-hmm. it's just James Harden probably sacrifices everything in a summer in yeah. what's the name to 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 craft his game. And that's what it is, you know, it's like, you know, when your friends decide and they want to go party or hang out or go on vacation, you're like, you know, you know what? Nah, I got, I got to make up for, you know, not make up for last year because you're coming as versus, I got to make up for development of my skills. So I got to do double as much as I would usually do just to get to where I was, then get over the top. Yeah. You know, and that, that that that's all basketball is, is, you know, tapping into your greatness and understanding that your window is short compared to regular jobs. Like, you know, no matter if, when you think about it, Kobe played 20 years, he's only 40 right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he played 20 years, you know, at 40. At, at 40, you can, you can have the rest of your uh-huh. life to, you know, enjoy and, you know, have fun and go on vacation. So it's like, you know, when I played... I just put rules in, like I'm only gonna go to two parties, you know, that year. Um, other than that, I'm just gonna be trying to find ways to get better during the season. Work out, train, you know, get to the get to the arena. I, I used to take a, a cab. I take the cab, be the first one there, get my hundred, hundred and fifty makes in, and then from there just think about the game, think about, you know, what's going on. Because when the season's over with, the season's over with. Yeah. So you might as well put that focus in and understand like you have opponents. And, you know, they have game plans, you have game plans, just, you know, trying to execute it before they execute theirs. Yeah. You know, when it, when, when I went to college, you know, to be honest, I was supposed to redshirt my first year. Um, and that was the reason that I, I didn't go to school. Like, okay, I'm going to redshirt. Um, this year don't really matter then. So I'm just going to go out there and just bust my ass off and just be a better freshman coming in next year than I am right now. So I end up putting in so much work that I end up starting. And then from there, I just couldn't turn it off. Now I go from, you know, red shirt and the starting, well, man, I, I want to be the best scorer on this team. Led the team in scoring both years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I wasn't even thinking about leaving. You know, I, leaving and me making it to the NBA wasn't even registered until I read it in the paper. I opened up a paper and it had four starters leaving and it says, um, Gilbert question mark. So I called Lute Olsen and he was like, I wasn't expecting you to come back. You're better than Mike Bibby is right now, and he's in the NBA. So go. 
all right. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things, then it was just, okay, it's just, I'm out. But this time Sharif has right now is so valuable because you're looking at the way, the game in a different way. You said like that year you were going to redshirt where all you can do is watch, right? Yeah. So how has that been? Um, I have, like now, living in 2019, you have access to film, multiple angles. You have a lot of stuff to look back at what you watch. So if I miss it in real life when I'm sitting on the bench watching the game, I can always go back and study what's going on. And I feel like my dad has just put me in a good place to just watch what other people do. So for next year, I can just come in and dominate, watch what my teammates are good at and what they're not good at, just so I know. So I feel like I have a really good personnel of almost all the teams we've played. I feel like I've watched them play before they played us, after and, and during, and I have film on all of it. So I've been watching a lot of film on the people I will be playing against, maybe the people who I won't be playing against because they might go to the mm-hmm. to the league. But I feel like I've done a good job of just watching. I feel like I've done a great job of watching. I feel like I've noticed a lot. You know, you you learn a you know, lot from watching. You, you started watching, you know, zones yeah um you know because the the, the college is a you know it's different in the nba so what you see in college you won't see in Mm -hmm. nba what you can't get away with in college you're gonna get away with in the nba so it's it's two different worlds one you just gotta go through to get to the other one i tell people like if you're skilled if you're skilled if you're athletic fast you can be average in the NBA and be a superstar in college, you know, especially if you're a big man, because you got to remember with you, you're going to see a lot of zones, you know, so you're going to always see one, two, three people in the back line suffocating you in the NBA. You're not, you're not going to see none of that. You know, you give a dude a head fake one dribble, you're dunking on them in college. You know, you got to get three, four moves up and under, you know, you, you got, you got more to do in, 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 in college than it is in, in, in NBA. You know, right now it's understanding that, you know, when it comes to preparing for next year, you got to understand what people are going to do with your team. You got to see what teams play zone. All right. You know, how does the zone backline play, you know, for my skill and just understanding how to find your shots inside that college zone. You know, it's, you know, because at the end of the day, when it comes to college, in your whole division, there might be one lottery pick. Yeah. If it ain't you, it might be one other lottery pick. You might not never see a lottery pick play. You know, so it's just a bunch of guys who who play hard. Yeah. <laughs> so you just got to, you know, it's just one of those things where you just got to just do you be dominant. You know what I mean? It's just, you, you go out there, you know, every chance, if you can... Think about Duncan. Go for it. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no point of playing around with the dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just go out there and just be dominant. And all right, <laughs> had a blessed day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta, you know, and, and you know, at the next level, because at the next level, you gotta remember it's it's a bunch of yous. You know, and the only thing that separates you know you from the rest is hard work and the willingness to kill them. You know and. You know, I remember um, when people asked me about Allen Iverson, I always say the same thing. I said, you know, no matter how offensively talented he was, he played the game so damn hard. Um, Like, I mean, extremely hard. It was like, you know, having KD type of offense with, you know, a Pat Beverly type of mindset. You know, so, you know, he's jumping in the crowd, diving on the floor. Like, I mean, he was doing everything 
everything he can possibly do to try to win that game, to try to score 50 on you. Like, I mean, him just trying to score 50 is not like James Harden trying to score. Like, he did everything. Like, he won, he won all the offensive balls. He wants all the defensive balls. Like, he wants all the steals, all the, you know, it was like, like the dude played so hard, but that's what separates him from, you know, every other guard. And you talked about looking at other people's games and the guys that you want to get with over the summer, and, and that's exactly the benefit of a younger generation looking at the the guys that came before them. So you can watch an Iverson take something from his game, watch T-Mac take something from his game, and put all that together. I mean, you can be a hell of a player that way. Yeah, you know, I used to watch, like, moves. So during the season, you know, during the season, the season goes by so fast because, you know, you're playing. You know, it's not like college where you play two two times a week. You know, here you're playing four and a half. You know, yeah. most of the time you're traveling, so you're really not – you know, home, so you're bouncing. So games, you know, hotel rooms, you're like you like there'd be some nights where you come in and you forgot what room you're in when you left. And you were like, like, damn, my key don't work. And you're on the third floor, but that was last your last room, and now you're on the fifth floor. That I mean that happens so many times. Like I gotta go back down. So like, yo, uh, <laughs> what room am I in? What room am I in? You know, so it, it moves fast. So what I used to do is I used to get with my trainer and say, listen. If you see a, someone do a nice move, write it down, write the time so I can go back and look at it. And then if I didn't understand it, I'll go to that player like, yo, yeah, you did a move, and what was it? And then they'll reshow it, and then I'll write it down. And then in the summer, I have this book, thick old book full of moves, and all I'm doing is just practicing them all summer. You know, just adding all of this new information into my game, even if I don't use it. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, you know it's just like, you know, a cell phone, right? You know, your game is like a cell phone. You have to update it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you can never be satisfied with what you're doing. You have to update new information, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, that's all you got to remember. Just always update. Just always update. If you, even if someone that's slower than you can't do nothing, he's doing something that's, that you probably can't do. Take it from him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> add that. Add that. You know, you just basically soak, soak, soak everybody's powers yeah. in. <laughs> just soak everybody's powers in. Guys, let's take a break to talk about LinkedIn. When it's time to make a hire for your small business, naturally you want to find the best person for the job. Odds are that that person is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn and advance their career, so LinkedIn understands what they're interested in and looking for, which means when you use LinkedIn Jobs to hire someone, your matches are based on so much more than a resume. Your LinkedIn job matches are based on skills and background, sure, but also interests, activities, and passions. Matching lets you quickly get a group of the most relevant, qualified candidates for your role. That way you can focus on the candidates you want to spend time talking to and make quality hires you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires. So fans of the No Chill podcast, post a job today at linkedin.com slash no chill and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash no chill. We also got to talk about keeps. Guys, losing your hair sucks. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 a month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. 
Getting started with Keeps is so easy. Sign up takes less than five minutes. Just answer a few questions, snap some photos of your hair, and you're on your way. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you have probably already tried them before, but never gotten them for this price. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month, plus now you get your first month free. That's one hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair. Receive your first month of treatment free. Go to keeps.com slash no chill. That's keeps.com slash no chill. That's a month of free treatment at keeps.com slash no chill. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Let's keep them here, fellas. We'll make you look good. It's hard to get ladies when you're bald. Work for Jordan. You just got to have the style. I, I to think it. that was just the, the, the 400, 500 million. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to have style to your game, too. Yeah. That's a fact. Like, you can watch all these guys and, and, and pattern yourself at them, but you have to make it your own. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think <clears throat> what is lost so much is adding, you know, like a, a substance, you know, because where does the creativity happen? Mm-hmm. Are you going to play games or just getting runs in? Are you trying, are you experimenting and trying these things that when you play? Like, where does that happen for you now? Um, I feel like creativity with basketball for me. I feel like I did a lot of creative stuff in high school. It might not just be a move. I think it's like the way I kind of used like movies and like movie characters like in basketball. Like a lot of people always bring up how, how I like connected like Dragon Ball Z and basketball. Like when I brought out those custom shoes and like how I always said I was going Super Saiyan when I scream after I dunk. I feel like that's probably like a creative thing. I I feel like, I'm not going to say I started it, but I feel like I kind of did like a kind of different thing that kind of a lot of high school kids do it now. Like I see them pull out the custom shoes and kind of relate themselves to characters and all that. And I feel like that's probably the most creative thing I've done. Like I wasn't a flashy, flashy player all the time. I did a couple stuff here and there, but like creative wise it just kind of brought a different kind of lifestyle into basketball because you have your game to begin with but yeah. to have substance to it like first things first get your game down right yeah, you yeah, be yeah. a dominant player then you, you can... know you know style comes with just confidence you know um you know just you know once you've done something so often then you started you know bringing in your your attributes of entertainment you know like yeah. James Harden with the Mm-hmm. You know, and Curry when he does his little funny stuff, uh-huh. you know, that just comes from just busting your ass over and over. And then you start it like, oh, okay, let uh-huh. me go ahead and add a little sub <laughs> sub to this one. Because you said the guys are so focused. You're on that grind. You said you got to sacrifice. Like, that's where it starts. Like, you're just so singularly focused. But then you got to have fun when you play. Like, eventually, yeah, you, know, fun. you burn out. When you're practicing, it's practice. You know, that's the, 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 the game is the fun. The game is the entertainment. You know, the practice is where, you know, you don't have time or room to play around because you're trying to, you know, perfect something. You're trying to do something. When you're in a game, like you're, it's like, a, it's like an actor. You know, it's, you know, he's sitting in the, in the room in a mirror, you know, running his, you know, his lines over and over and over and over. Once that camera screen comes on, that's when he gets to release all, 
you know, his his swag onto mm-hmm. that, you know, and that's that's the same thing with ball, you know, ball players that, you know, the practice is the grind. The game is the easy. You know, you got the crowd, you dunk, you play to the crowd, you play to the, the, the t- you know, that's where the fun comes in that. Yeah. Uh, my my Something like that, like, I feel like the crowd kind of helped the entertainment I brought more. Because my dad, he told me all the time, he's like, make people remember your name and always put on a show. And, like, even if I did, if I did one thing, I could have the worst game of my life. But if I scored four <laughs> points and my four points, was, one of them was a windmill, the other one was a lob, everybody was going crazy and everyone was always, like, saying I was the best player ever. And I didn't do anything. Like, in my head, I'd be like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> But to everyone else, be like, oh, that was the that was the most fun game I ever watched. All that, so I feel like, especially at my school, because my school, the last time they won a, a state championship was when Baron Davis went there, and that was 1997. I wasn't even born, so yeah. when I came to the school, my 11th grade year, we had me and Ira Lee. He's at Arizona right now, and he left. We didn't win that year, but this this past my senior year, I feel like it was a huge show. Like I've never really seen that many people come to a crossroads game in my life. We had. Like almost about seven hundred to a thousand people at in in that little gym. Mm-hmm. It only holds like nine hundred people, so <laughs> all of our games would be packed, and it would be a show. Like I go on Instagram after everybody would be talking about it. You pull up to the game three hours early, it'd be people lined up. So I feel like it was a good show that everyone wanted to watch, and I feel like the more people fed into what I was doing on the court, I kind of just like produced more, and I was just showing more, and that led us all the way up to. A state championship. I feel like I just at one point I wasn't even thinking, and I was in the game doing stuff that I never really thought I could do, and it just turned me into like a whole different person. So, like in practice, I was I was always I wasn't quiet, but I always wasn't. I didn't really show a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. I would dunk on one of my teammates; it would be whatever. But in the game, if I dunk on someone, the crowd gets hyped. I would be calling them names. I'd be saying whatever. So I feel like he's right when he says like. When the, the lights are on, it's like a whole different person. You just release whatever you have in you. <laughs> was um was missing the McDonald's, not being chosen for McDonald's, was that like was that was that hard to take? Yeah, it was hard. I think it was hard because the setup. Uh the setup, I got the, the nomination paper and I saw that the 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 envelope said McDonald's All American. So I, I didn't know I got nominated. I thought I already made it. It came to my school, my coach gave it to me. I was telling my teammates, show my little brother. We were all jumping around, open it. It said nomination. I was like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. I'm just nominated. <laughs> then I seen on Twitter, it's like five minutes. We're gonna show. I didn't know what day they were show, like releasing the the roster. I forgot. I was watching on TV. They showed like the East team first. They were calling the names. I was like, okay, I'm on the West side. Saw so, um, the first name. I forgot. I think the first name was Bull Bull. And I've been playing all oh, with Bull. Me and him were like a, a cool duo in the summertime. I was like, oh, if they choose Bull, they're going to choose me. It's all Bull. The names kept going, and then they kept going. And I was on TV with my, I was watching this with my family, and I didn't get chosen. I think that just because of how we watched it and I didn't get chosen, <laughs> it was bad. Like, if I would have just found out through my phone I didn't make it, I would have been mad, but I wouldn't have been that mad. I just was so hyped. I had friends and family over watching on the screen, and my name doesn't show up. I think for that first day, I was, I was, I was really pissed off, but... You know, I just kind of, my dad always said to to just prove people wrong. So I know I had a lot of support behind it, too. I know if you look at, um, if you go on Instagram, look at the McDonald's page, and they show that roster, mm-hmm. everyone's like, where's Sharif, where's Sharif? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought I would have made it. I feel like I, I had a really good chance to make it. And um, 
after I didn't make it, got moved back in the rankings. And then I was really mad. Like, I went from, like, 18 to, like, all the way, like, back to 30. And, you know, rankings don't really matter. I I wasn't really mad, but I'm just like, I'm like, what did I do? I've been averaging, like, 30 and 15. And we go all the way up. I win the state championship. The game after I I didn't make the McDonald's thing, that was probably one of the best games I ever played. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's, it's kind of funny how you say that. Like, you're ranked 18, and if you just go by the ranking... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, McDonald's. And then it. when they when they don't choose you, now they have to justify it. Now they got to take <laughs> Now they got to justify like, oh, let me go ahead and move him yeah. back, you know, to show like, oh, no, he was 30. Yeah. You know, it's, it was like when I I don't I looked at the McDonald's All-American game, like I looked at it like like probably last month. Like, who was in my McDonald's cuz I, I didn't know nothing about McDonald's then. It was like I you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ranked. I was ranked 99 in my class. Yeah. You know, um I made, but you know, every camp I went to, I was, you know, I was in the All Star game, you know. But I didn't really because I didn't play travel basketball like that, and you know, I was just a California kid, yeah. you know. So I only knew California players, and then everyone I knew came here. So you know, when I went to McDonald's, when I got the McDonald's, I got hurt, so I didn't get to do anything at McDonald's, you know. Um, you know, just so you know, when when I seen you and you missed it, I was like, damn. Who the fuck are these people? You know, so I decided, let me go see who's McDonald's in my year. And I'm looking at the names like, yo, he's trash, trash. Oh, he was bust his ass, bust his ass. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is, what is no, like, That can be a blessing in disguise, right? Because then that'll now motivate you like, okay, these guys are all on my list, right? Yeah. Check Man, him put, shit, put, they, him, put them up right on the yeah. list. I'll see y'all in the big leagues and I'm coming. You come out, you know? man on fire. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's or it's like the, being drafted where you were drafted. Now all those guys ahead of you, you're going to you spend know, people, your whole career chasing people, them. People, you know, high school basketball is the hardest. I think it's the hardest to judge um, because everyone blooms late. You know, everyone doesn't bloom at the, the, the same time. You know, you know I, the, the taller guys bloom later than guards. You know, you'll see a guard who's ranked one you know, as a freshman, and he might continue his rank all the way because he already has his skill level yeah. down. You know, when it comes to bigs, you know, you're, you know, I'm six one. you know, my freshman year. By the time I'm my senior year, I'm 6'11". Well, mm-hmm. I'm a whole different player. I had to adjust to different positions. Like, I was a one man here. This year I had to be a two. This year I had to be a four. This year I'm a five. Like, yeah. I'm trying to still figure this shit out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so I said it's it's hard to really judge high school kids because – a uh, uh, average high school kid can be a superstar. A superstar in high school won't even make it to the NBA. If you look at the number one players in their senior year, the number one high school player their senior year, majority of them don't become stars in the NBA. Like LeBron was number one in his class. The second best player was 14. That's Chris Paul. They're the same high school class. That means two, three, four, five, six didn't live up to nothing. Yeah. You know, they didn't become all-stars or prime players. And that happens, like, if you just look at the list, like, it's... No, you don't want to peak early. Whereas, like, your best years were in high school, and then you didn't get you didn't elevate your yeah. game at the next level. That's what I said. Your your game is going to translate later on in the NBA. Like, yeah. it's it's one of those type of games. You have that, that, that skill level where, that's what I said, even in college, you know, when zones come in, it kind of takes you from your natural ability. You know, once the league comes in, it's like, now you have to play me one-on-one, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to guard me one-on-one. There's no there's no 52 people digging. There ain't no, no another player right here and another player right there. Mm-hmm. Nah, this is one-on-one. See ya. 
<laughs> but when you came into high school, it was like you got attention, you had a name on your back, yeah. right? But at what point did you feel like you came into your own? Like, I'm my um, own man, I'm my own player. I feel like it didn't happen until about 11th grade, summer, ninth grade. I was, I, I thought I was horrible. I mean, I thought I was good at the time, but looking back at videos. Yeah. Didn't you, you got benched, right? Yeah, yeah I, was, I didn't yeah. really play a lot. I averaged like, I think I averaged like four minutes, scored about three <laughs> points. Every time I came in, I just shot a three or, 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 I never really drove in a shot. I just shot threes every time I came in. But they in. tried to make you a big man, right? Yeah, I, I was in, I lived in uh, Phoenix with my dad. My dad was on the Suns. That's where I kind of started to play like a guard because I had a coach. His name is Mark Brown. He, I was the tallest person on the team. He'd be like, bring the ball up. Bring the ball up every, every time. Shoot threes, all that. So that's where I kind of got my, my guard play from. And he, he had like a record at some, at some school. He was like the best shooter. So he gave me like a new form and all that. And he taught me a, a lot. And it's just a small little white guy. He taught me, he taught me how to play like a guard and, Hey, those white guys. Yeah. <laughs> he taught me how to shoot. And I feel like after that, I just became like a guard. And then I came into high school. He's like, play the five. And I had a guard. People like Cody Riley, he's on my team right now. But he, and he's been huge since like eighth grade. And I was skinny. I was about 14 years old. <laughs> he was bullying me. We, we played a couple guys who are in the league right now, like Terrence Ferguson. He's on OKC. We played them. Uh, we played Bishop Gorman, and we I was playing against seven-footers and all that. And after that, I was like, I don't even really want to even play <laughs> basketball anymore because I would get in. Even if I was score, I would just get taken out sometimes. I didn't know what I was doing. In 10th grade year, all the seniors left. I was starting, but I still wasn't wasn't that good. I averaged about, like, nine points. Then it went to 11th grade. I averaged about 15, but I still wasn't really satisfied. But think, I think that summer – Playing with someone like Bobo, I feel like he kind of inspired me a lot. And I saw how easy it looked for him. And then he was we were playing against the top players in the country in the Nike circuit, and it looked so easy for him. And then when I went back to play high school for my senior year, I'm like, I'm playing against people who are like five feet tall, and nobody in like Santa Monica is really my size. Like, like the only team that I uh, we really had to worry about was Sierra Canyon. That's mm-hmm. the only team in our league that and they was. They had Bagley at that time. Right? Yeah, they had they had Bagley. My senior year, they had uh, Kenyon Martin's son, Cassius, Scotty Pippen's son. They had okay. all all those kids. So that that game was like the the class, like the mm-hmm. the NBA sons, mm-hmm. all that. So my senior year is where I feel like I really I really stepped it up, and I was I made my own name. I feel like my social media, I kind of gassed myself up, but from an early age, I kind of made myself <laughs> seem better than I actually was, and I feel like everyone would always. Tell me I was really good, but I always, I never really liked where I was at until I was uh, a senior. And even then, I feel like I could have done more now looking back at it. You know, I mean, that's just the process. I mean, you know, um, when I was in high school, like, I made the JV team, but it was like, uh, I think I made it because of my dad. You know, he had players on the varsity team, yeah. you know, so I made, you know, it's like one of those, I will put them on. Yeah. You know, so I'm sitting here on JV. Like, Dan, I wish I would have just made the C's so I could just play because I'm just uh-huh. sitting on the bench the whole time. And then, you know, I took, you know, that that pain into the summer and I just trained. Yeah. All my friends, hey, man, I said, let's go to Venice Beach, you know, because Venice Beach on the weekends gets popping at 2 o'clock. Uh-huh. So we used to get that at 11 and then we'll beat all like the little bums and Hispanics, you know, <laughs> you know, get, you know, get our little confidence up, you know, get our little confidence up. And then, you know, one o'clock, you know, the talent starts coming in 
and you know we'll get knocked off before two, yeah. but you know we got there, and then uh, you know we get to see all of you know the older dudes jumping out of the gym and all that stuff, and you know back then we didn't really have trainers, so our trainers was adult league, you know going adult league, and those older dudes is gonna. You know, they're going to train your ass all right. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to try this crossover and dunk on me, so you better try to come with a, a whole new move. You know, so my sophomore year got a little better. You know, junior got a little better. Senior year, I just murdered everyone. Yeah. You know, but it was still one of those things where no matter how good you are or you think you are, you still don't think you're good enough because you're watching somebody else probably who looks better. Yeah. You know, like, Danny, and he just makes that shit look so yeah. God damn, I'm not even close to that. And you, you know, and that's that ends up happening. Like you just you're you're judging your talent off of someone else's and not realizing, well, it looks easy because maybe he's playing against somebody weaker, or maybe that's just his skill level. But yeah. you know, that but you you still judge your output against someone else. I'm like, damn, he's just making that shit. But you always you always need that, the king of the hill. You want to knock him off. Yeah, but it, it's a it's a fake king of the hill because he hasn't proven he's better than you. It's just from yeah. how it looks like mm-hmm. he's like he's scoring easier than I do. Like, why does this basket look like they just seem so easier? Like he just drop step dunk. I try I drop step. There's like three people there. Yeah. Like, like I, I feel f- like Instagram, Instagram has a really big part on how someone can be seen in basketball. I feel like like all day when you scroll through, you see Zion, you see mm-hmm. how easy it looks like. He's been doing this since like eighth grade, mm-hmm. high school. I, I think he was the best example know. of like we we discovered him on Instagram, right? Yeah, like, and he had that's tough for him too. Is he had to live up to the hype? Yeah, and there was hype, and he was running wild in South Carolina post right yeah. And now it's like, okay, you're at Duke, and and he's still he's, he's still, still going it. crazy, mm-hmm. and and I feel like the more the more crazy you go on Instagram, or like the better you play, they're they're like no one's ever really going to be satisfied. They're always going to keep. Trying to bring mm-hmm. him down, like in high school, they're like, "Is he the best high school player ever?" All right, let's see how he's gonna play in college. He was playing against kids in South Carolina. He goes to Duke, he's still killing, and now they're gonna just bring it to the NBA. Now they're gonna be like, "Oh, is he better than this person? Is he gonna be the next greatest of all time?" And I, it's hard. He's you're 18, 19 years old, being compared to Michael Jordan and LeBron mm-hmm. and all that. Just this comparison is a hard thing. So I feel like Instagram kind of. It's everyone their own kind of message. You know what's so funny is like Instagram can it, I think it sometimes it puts you in a place where you wasn't thinking about it and you know, like you know, you have your insecurities like like I always say with Zion that that in the NBA he has to guard somebody like you. Yeah. Being only six six. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the NBA setting, you, in the college setting, he probably has the advantage because he he can roam. In the NBA, it's like no, it's isolation. You're on the island by yourself. You're six yeah. six. Like I'm, I have the advantage. Your strength means nothing at this point. Like being strong, like you're giving up five six inches. If I turn around, shoot a jumper, you're nowhere near. You know, you. Yeah. If I do a hook shot, like you will actually give up buckets because you have to power down to power up to try to block that. Like I, that that doesn't that works in college. It doesn't work in the NBA. Yeah. You know, so. It, I think people are setting setting it up for failure because it's like, well, you're putting so much pressure on this kid about being 6'6", 285, and not knowing that that position he plays, power for a small fort, that's not his position on the next level. He's going to have to be a, a two. 
maybe a, a maybe he can do a, you know because got to remember power forward I mean small forward he has to guard Paul George yeah now if you've never guarded a guard your whole career and you've been just guarding big man now you have to sit here and guard Kawhi Leonard Paul George yeah. you know <laughs> LeBron KD in a whole different you know that's kind of hard to adjust yeah. to you know you know like in him sitting in the post against you, Anthony Davis, you know, Greek the Freak, mm-hmm. giving up, you know, that kind of height is going to be a little different. So, you know, his transition, like, he's going to have to really be dedicated this summer coming up to losing weight and understanding how to play the game a whole different way because how he's been playing it before won't translate for him. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's like I remember that happened to Shea Cotton, you know. You know, you were a man child, like, this is way before you. I know, like, I, I heard about. It. I heard yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, you you've heard. Yeah, okay, you I know. don't know how it was. So he life. was like Shea Cotton. You know, you, you he was a six four. I mean, six four two twenty, in eighth grade. Now think about an eighth grader six yeah. with a forty four inch vertical. Like you know, that, like what? <laughs> and at that time, like, I'm telling you, you're the next. Michael like that's Jordan. what I'm saying. Like what's you see in Zion and like Zion's junior and senior year. This was him in the eighth grade. So in his ninth grade year, if he would have came into the draft, they said he would have been number one pick as a ninth grader. That's how, that's how so far advanced he was physically. Like he was bigger than most NBA players at that time. So, you know, you get to your junior year. I mean, your sophomore year, you're number one. You can, then you're, you skip a year. Then you come back to your junior year and you realize, oh, you haven't grown. You're a six. Not you're six four power forward still. Your senior year, six four power forward. Like everyone else, seven foot now. <laughs> your whole class, your class is in college. The class under you is your class. But these guys are six eleven, seven foot now, playing the same position. Yeah. You know it's, and then you know he ends up getting to college. But you know at the end of the day, it's, now he has to translate to try to be a point guard or two, where he wasn't used to it. You know, and, 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 you know, I don't want to see that happen to, you know, you know, what's the name once he gets drafted? You know, it's, you know, you're going to be number one and number two, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it all depends on who gets that first pick. You know, I'm pretty sure whoever gets the first pick, if it's not, if it's not a city who needs, um, who needs ticket sales, like I don't see New York picking them. Because they don't need the ticket sales, you know, it'd be some team like Charlotte, Milwaukee, Minnesota, you know, that probably needs that name. If it's if it's anyone else, I think they're gonna trade that number one pick and force whoever's number two or three, give me your third pick and give me another lottery pick, and someone's gonna take two lottery picks for that number one pick. That's how I see that going. But you know, if he translate into a two, a point, you know, like a Westbrook style, he won't be stopped. Especially coming downhill with speed and power. Yeah. No one's going to stop the kid. But the point is there's always expectations for yourself, right? So no matter what the pressure, no matter how hard by it, how high the bar is, that you have to be able to exceed that mentally. No, it, it's, it's not. It's yours. You know, you, you come into the season, you come into each game, and you have to figure out what you want to do. You know, you can't, like, I, I rarely, rarely read the paper. Because mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what some reporter who never played this game say, good or bad. 
Yeah. You know, like you're you're a reporter. You you you've never played this game. Uh-huh. Like so, how are you gonna critique me with your opinion? Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna tell me my game on your well, opinion. Well, they might they might have played, but they weren't in your head. But that's no a, one knows what. But you're that's what I'm saying. You can't you can't tell me. Oh, he shouldn't have shot this two for one. It was bad. Like how are you gonna tell me what I should have double. Like it was a two for one. That that's what I was supposed to do. I took the jumper because it was it was quicker. Mm-hmm. If I tried to drive, it wouldn't have been a two for one. Now yeah. you know, like you don't like. So I didn't read the paper. So, but I played the game on like, all right, I need to, you know, if I'm gonna be a killer, if I'm gonna do this, I gotta, you know, seven points a quarter, mm-hmm. you know, seven points a quarter, and that's how I'm gonna play the game. Seven coin. Uh, rebound and assist, and that's how you know. Right. The, and you, you break it down the, easy. You set the expectations. For you set this, yeah. Don't you know, I'm not gonna let. There's do. no outside. You're not gonna tell me what I should be averaging or what yeah. I'm gonna do that myself. Because it makes like you do it yourself. It makes the game easier. You don't have to stress about nothing because you're all you're doing is just following what you. Everything else is cream on the top. Mm-hmm. And then once you start breaking the game down like that, it becomes easier. Like you'd be like, oh, this, man, this was easy. Like. I, you know, at first I thought I was going to average 10 my, my freshman year, and I'm averaging 19, 20. I, yeah. I just simplified the game and made it just easier mathematically. <laughs> but you look at Harden or Westbrook, so I'm like, did Westbrook think he was going to average a triple-double for a whole season? He probably scaled up to that point. The way he plays the game, I, I'm pretty sure he understood one thing. The way I play the game is going to be really easy for me to score and get an assist. You know, just me just being aggressive, I get 10 assists, period. So the only thing I think he actually goes into the game thinking about is rebounding. Mm-hmm. That, like, I'm consciously, I got to consciously go attack the basketball because that's the only stat to him that he actually has to put any focus on. The other two for him, comes easy it's a natural thing like just me being aggressive i'm gonna you know dump you know a whole bunch of dump offs and score but i have to i go into the game and i have to focus on rebounding getting two two and a half rebounds a, a quarter and i'm pretty sure that's how he plays the game but now for reef as part of this new wave this generation of their parents played in the league before their dad played in the league before and there's a whole group of them now yeah and so yeah. that's a whole different set of expectations because they're going to compare it to your to your pops. No, you know? I mean it's you know it's the you know you look at the kids that's coming in now you know um, with fathers who who played and fathers who were athletic, you know. But you now can be you totally have... different. Like look, Tim Hardaway Jr. Totally different physically from his father. Yeah. But that's the yeah, thing. Because like, he, he, yeah, because you can't be that because that you, we can't expect that. Can't expect you to be just like your dad, seven feet, three hundred pounds. Yeah. No, but you can expect you can expect I'm gonna be damn near seven foot and I'm gonna have that jumping ability he had, you know. So you you know, you're gonna get the attribute. He has prepared to you every step of the way. That's the best thing Um, that you have from it. He can't prepare him skill wise because they're two different players. But just, you know, understanding the game and what to look for, going through the college, preparing, you know, that whole little thing. But his game is his game. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Shaq doesn't try to interfere on how you play the game, you know, because you shoot threes and jumpers. He didn't. Yeah. You know, he wanted to bang and bang do you t- do and Do you tell him that? <laughs> no, he, he kind of – even when I uh, – once he start to see that I could shoot and all that, he never really – he taught me post moves. He said – 
just for when you get a little guy and you mm-hmm. use this. It'll be like mm-hmm. never go in the game and do strictly post moves. I don't care what you do, just play how you play. And I think he he's he's smart enough to know that I'm Sharif O'Neal. My name is not Shaquille O'Neal for a reason. I can do whatever I want. Even if I didn't want to play basketball, he wouldn't be mad. He'll teach me some of the stuff he he learned, or he'll tell me, like, this is a move that I used when I had a little guy on me, or if I had a slower guy on me, I would use this. But he's like, you don't have to use it. And that's why he uh, puts me in the gym with a person like Tracy McGrady. And my guy my guy who trains me and um, my little brother, he's from New York. His name is James. Like, he played he – played, guard he'll teach us guard moves like my dad will teach us post moves but it's not like his main focus he just kind of lets the game let let the game come to us so that's it was so funny is when you go through the AAU circuit (laughs) and the the ex-NBA players NBA players go to the game they're so different than the regular parents because you got to remember they play the game so they understand that you know Yelling at my my seven year old is pointless. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like what did I expect him to do on a fast break dunk? I'm just I'm just happy he hit the rim with that ball. Yeah. Like, but you know, you got parents who who really take seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thinking they're gonna be NBA players and get them out of poverty, and they really put so much pressure, so much pressure on kids. And you know, you got NBA parents like, yo, hey, just go out there and just do what you're gonna yeah. do. You know, you can use it if you want or not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's how you play, you know, and that's that's how you're supposed to teach your your kids. Like you gotta understand it's like during a game is like being at work, right? For, you know, for a kid. Like, if I come to your job and say, no, no, type the key right now. No, no, no. Push the entry button. No, no, no. Push damn, it. Dad, let me. Like, <laughs> like you're like, well, damn, hold on. Like, <laughs> like, like, stop stressing me out. Yeah. Like, if that's your, if that's what will happen to you, same thing that happens to me. Shoot the ball. Pass the ball. Like, hold on. God damn it. I'm trying to dribble this shit right now. Let me. Those are those <laughs> what we call Little League dads. Yeah. 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 If, you're a, if you're a pro athlete, you know not yeah, to be like that. Yeah, you that. know. That's you know, only going to mess that. with your ego, yeah. your psyche. But. You know, it's it's different levels of pressure, right? Whatever you can handle. But it's one thing when you're playing and you have your game and your dad walks in the gym. Like, if you're in the gym, everyone looks at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Yeah. You know, you know so funny? The parents probably, you know what I think the parents do? Because they do it with me. When you fuck up, they want to look at, they want to yeah. look at Shaq to see what he does. You know, they're, they're like. Yeah, that's, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's what. And they're like, why, why he, he ain't yelling? He ain't doing nothing. Like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. You don't yeah. supposed to sit there and yell because if I start yelling at him, then he's going to start getting nervous. Then he's not going to play his game. Then, you know, then he's going to stop liking the sport. Like, you know, there's a, there's a whole little wave that happens. You know, nah, let, we'll talk after the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we ain't going to yeah, frustrate like, him now. That's like my dad. Like, if I, if I do mess up, he. He'll call me over maybe during a free throw if I'm like in the backcourt. He'll be like, "You messing up right now? Just fix it." Like that's all he said. Like, he'll, and even if I if I go on a fast break and I and I dunk on someone, this is face the whole time. He's gonna be like this, and everyone's always like, "Why doesn't he hear?" I'm like, he's seen all he's seen all of it. He knows what's going on. He doesn't really have a reaction because it's so normal to him. But my mom, on the other hand, that's the only voice I, I hear during the game. I miss a shot. He's like. Why are you missing so many shots? <laughs> and my dad's always like, calm down. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, my dad, like, he doesn't say anything at any of our games. And if we're messing up, he'll be like, we're messing up, just fix it. If we're playing good, it'll be like, great game. And then that's it. Yeah, yeah. you know, because, you know, he's played the games, one of the greats. You got to understand that 
you can't get too high mm-hmm. on shots when you make them. You can't get too low when you yeah. miss. You know, so, you know, when he dunk it, blah, blah, good, good you know, because mm-hmm. he knows that's what you're supposed to do. You're yeah. supposed to dunk on shit on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's no point in getting happy and excited about, you know, dunking on someone because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you do. So it's like leveling off because the more your brain and your mood can be level, your your game becomes more consistent. Yeah. You know, when you see players that hit a jump shot, that's running down the court, throwing up the three sign and doing all this, after every bucket, I'm pretty sure after every miss, they'd be like, oh. Yeah. And, and, you know, they can't focus anymore because, you know, they, they go off of makes and misses instead of just saying, listen, I'm going to make some, I'm going to miss some. That's yeah. just how this game is played. Yeah, you let your emotions take over, mm-hmm. and then you're already beat. Yeah. But that that is a... That's a hell of an advantage if you look at it that way. Like you have a, a parent that played for so long, they know the ins and outs of the game, and the other kids don't have that. And even guys like Kobe's dad or like Kyrie's dad, they they weren't at the level of NBA superstars, but they definitely prepared them for a career. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's one of those things where you know I've never you know I've never seen you know Jelly Bean you know play, but I'm pretty sure he became more famous. Because of Kobe, <laughs> you know what I mean. And, but he also propelled him to be a good player. Yeah, yeah it prepared is just putting him in, you know, situations. You know, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't like he's sitting there working with him, teaching him the game. It's like you know, you put the right trainers. Like I can't train my son how to be a guard or a two or a three, so I got to put players that you know he looks up to. Um, that he he plays that style. I got to put them in front of him and let them help his game out and, you know, yeah. you know, be, you know, help him excel to be great. You know, like he has my natural ability and height and all that, but I can't teach him the game. Like with my son, you know, I know he's going to be a guard. He's probably going to be my height longer, but at the end of the day, he plays a style different than I did. So all I do is just give him trainers. All I can do is teach him this and, you know, maybe he'll use it or not. But other than that, you know, train, train there, y'all. Y'all do all that dribbling and I don't – I didn't mind, that wasn't my style, you know. I just scored. I ain't, you know. He played. My son plays more like Kyrie. You know, he wants to get the chicken and bacon, and I just, you know, I'll sit there after the game like, yeah, you are, you shook him and bake. <laughs> just, you missed the jumper, though. But did he watch Kyrie? Is that where that comes uh, yeah, from? Yeah, he watches. Yeah, so he should watch. He you. just naturally just no. He just, you know, at that age, you know, it's, you know, let's see, let's see what your skill level is. You know, he, you know, he has a high motor. Let me just see. You know, I'm not going to put any mm-hmm. pressure on you. Like, he came from soccer. You know, I, I didn't know what that sport was. I didn't even. Yeah. That, that helps your footwork. I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's like, with with me, my dad didn't really pressure me to play basketball. And at first, I kind of thought I, I thought I had to play. Mm-hmm. Just because I had such a basketball family. And then when I hit, like, 12, 13 years old, I kind of tried to do some other stuff. I played football. I even tried skateboarding, <laughs> and then he he kind of told he kind of said in the interview, <laughs> I tried skateboard. I don't know why I'll be jumping off the of stairs and all that. Um, he he said that he always kind of knew that whatever I wanted to do would come back, and he said he kind of knew it was gonna be basketball. Yeah. Uh, and if I told him today, like Dad, I don't want to play basketball anymore, he would he would be okay with it. But he'd ask me like, what 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 are you gonna do? He's he's not gonna just let me sit around and mm-hmm. and just like feed off of what him and my mom give me. And uh, they do bless me with a lot of stuff, but they kind of want me to get my own. And um, he kind of knew that I'd always come back to basketball no matter what I did. 
I did soccer, baseball, football, and then skateboarding. Oh, man, that, that, that helps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then after you gotta try it yeah. too. And after I fell that one time on the skateboard, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I was done with that. And I came right back to basketball. So he never even he never even told me I had to play for a team. He never told me I had to go work out. He kind of lets me uh, kind of base what my what I want my future to be. So I feel like that has helped a lot. What, I feel what, like if he pressured me early, it kind of wouldn't have been the same yeah. today. What motivates you to be the type of player you want to be? Um, I would say my family. I feel like my mom and my brothers and sisters feel like I just like seeing them happy. And I, and other than that, when I would go skateboard and I'd show <laughs> them a video of me jumping a, like five stairs, they would be like, oh, all right, that's cool. cool. But, <laughs> or, if I, or if I scored a touchdown to football, like they would be happy. But I feel like basketball, when they see me having fun and smiling and playing basketball, that makes them happy. And I feel like when I was in high school, I just, I like seeing them happy. So I would play. But now I realize that this is like what I want to do. I, even if my, Dad wasn't Shaq, and basketball still in my life. This would be something now that, that I would want to do. So, yeah. All right, we got 17 days. You yeah. get to touch that ball. <laughs> I know you're gonna be excited. I'm excited for you, yeah. man. I can't wait to. You know what? I don't usually go to college basketball. You know, because it's you know it's always basically one star. Yeah. You know, it, you know. But I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna come. I'm gonna like, come yeah. next year and watch you. You got a fan club over there. I'm like, yeah. yo, 40 to 9. I'm gonna be that dude. 40. <laughs> Fuck, the rest of the team. Fuck the rest of the team. I'm 40. <laughs> you gotta practice. You gotta, you gotta get ready for the KD. You score yeah. 40. But it's one step at a time. One yeah, thing, yeah, like yeah, you said, yeah. it's not gonna come to 40 first game, but hey. you gotta build up. <laughs> it could. Yeah. It could. Yeah. Why not? We'll be watching. Yeah. yeah. All right. We appreciate it. Thanks Thank for coming. You. Thank you for coming. Yeah. All right.